so I, I wrote a, an email that was, um, do you want to hear what's funny about it? It actually started as a direct message in, in, on Twitter. Um, that's why it doesn't have any paragraphs because it, it was so long. I'm like, <laughs> I have to put this, I just have to copy and paste this into an email. <laughs> like that's this awesome. is way too overwhelming. Literally, I, I just, I, I, I looked at it. And I just hit archive, and I refused to read it because it didn't have well, paragraph breaks. I mean, I went back. I, things like that piss me off. Things like that piss me off to know it. Not because because it comes from, like, it's just a sheer stream of consciousness thing, and my fragile, fragile, narcissistic self can't. <laughs> me too. Well, uh, let I'm me tell like, good about punctuation. <laughs> let, let me add, like, one quick thing, and then, like, I'll let you go. I mean, I'm sorry, like, you know, like, actually uh, chat more about what we uh, – are talking about so i got it and i was actually spending uh, uh, the night over at uh, over at uh, gavaniac's house because i was over at household or uh, um at household or uh, um a reunion out in steubenville and i was like oh great um tom liked another like episode and i thought i was like oh no <laughs> i was like I'm a little too. I only got four hours of sleep and drank all night, so I'm gonna wait on this one. So that's why, like, it uh, <laughs> took me about like a day or so to to respond to because I was like, I want to really give this the full attention it deserves. So, anyways, go on. Yeah. So the email was uh, was a a sort of um, build up of certain uh, criticisms that I've I've harbored in my uh incredibly boring life apparently uh that is sort that sort of spilled out into words after your last episode um which uh unfortunately was also um an episode about you know your your sister you know luke's sisters uh um just really uh, i don't know devastating experiences that she had but but it wasn't really aimed at that so to speak it was more or less uh I took issue with the, the rhetoric that was used in, in the episode. And what's funny is I, you know, the election is really having such a strange effect on everyone's behavior, mine, especially you talk about anima technia vacua. I mean, I've just been stuck on my phone on Twitter. And meanwhile, like my children are growing up around me. And so, you know, I could probably cite that as a deficiency that I need to correct on my own. Um, sort of pull myself out of that world. Nevertheless, um, you know, I don't, I don't like Donald Trump. I don't think he's going to save our country. Uh, I think it's foolish for anyone who calls himself or herself a Christian to think that, uh, anyone other than, you know, God, uh, himself will, will save us. Um, and I, and I, I have sort of noticed this strain throughout, uh, sort of evangelicals and, and conservative Catholics, like we need to, we need to get this guy in office because you know we he'll he's he's our guy, and it's like mm-hmm. you know election after election, it's like he's not our guy, she's not our girl or gal or woman. Um, <laughs> see right there, it's my oh, misogyny, yeah. and I have to sort of <laughs> I'm, virtu- I'm, vir- I'm virtue signaling. signaling. Um, <laughs> You're so privileged, but. It's, but but it's such a – I mean the definition of insanity is like doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result each time. And, I mean, we're, we're kind of insane. Um, and enters Donald Trump, who is funding his own campaign, who's never run for any elected office, 
uh, who stands to have, I mean, and by the way, if I'm, if any of these premises lack some kind of factual support that I, I, I'm mistaken on, please correct me, but uh, stands to lose um, everything and really gain nothing um, by running for president. And certainly after issuing a threat towards Hillary Clinton during the last, uh, not the last debate, the second debate where he said he's going to have a special prosecutor look into it her situation, notwithstanding the fact that there are certain constitutional impediments to him doing that, but the fact that he even said that to her, um, I mean, it's it's sort of like, wow, this may signal someone who actually has more of an altruistic motive towards this whole thing than the run-of-the-mill um, GOP candidate that we all have to sort of rally around out of our, you know, uh, obligation uh, year after year. And so um, I, I, I look at it really through that lens and not so much because, uh, you know, I, I am like all about sort of building that wall or whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm more about, I mean, really, I, I think the whole um, role of the federal government has grown in such scope and breadth that like uh, the whole thing, it, it, the argument at least can be made that the whole thing altogether is really incompatible with a Catholic notion of, um, you know, state authority and um, that this is sort of anti, uh, you know, Catholic social teaching in terms of um, principles of, of, of subsidiarity and protection of uh, persons' rights and, you know, go down the list. I mean, um, so, you know, when I see other Catholics online, prominent Catholics such as yourselves, uh, and, and many you hear that, Luke? We're prominent. Sort of bandy is that. Woo! Yes, as, as I regard as I regard you, and and it's sort of one of the same as far as the general public. Um, but you know, I I, I kind of wonder, like, is I mean, what's what's what are what is the you know what is everyone hoping for anyway? You know what I mean? Like, why are people so mm-hmm. let down and seemingly seemingly butthurt about uh, Donald Trump as if? We blew some huge opportunity here, um, putting him in there as, as a nom- as a nominee. Um, you know, I can't really fathom the the the, the fact that there still exists uh, a faith in the system in the first place. Um, when you know we've been so let down time and time again, I, you know, it's, it's, that sort of like uh, you know pact that you know. Uh, was supposed to exist between um, the church and the state has sort of been, I mean, has long since been broken. It's just been a matter of trying to fool people ever since that it, that it hasn't. And now mm-hmm. we're sort of staring, you know, um, devastation and annihilation right in the face, uh, certainly with uh, a Supreme Court that will do whatever the hell it wants to do. And, you know, nine unelected people sort of rewriting um everything that we, you know, uh, espouses as the guiding principles of our nation. So, um, I, you know, and, and I, I actually did not catch the first 30 minutes of tonight's debate. Um, but I, I talked to Catherine, I was, you know, and after I got back to my hotel room, it's like, he said he's pro-life, you know, and that he's going to protect the unborn. She's like, I don't think any president has ever said that during a debate, or at least said it in such a, uh, um, mm-hmm you know, in unequivocal terms. Now, whether or not he does that, I, I don't know. I mean, who knows if, if that'll even happen. I mean, certainly 
the president doesn't have the power to just overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, but the fact that he's saying that, I mean, certainly has to count for something. And again, I'm not getting my hopes up thinking that, you know, he's going to be the answer to everything. But as far as he signals the, the um, potential for a, a true democracy to exist and not that, you know, this sort of like things are be, really being run behind the scenes by some shadow government, then I would say, all things considered, that that's probably a, a positive sign, you know, and, and why not just sort of test it out and see what uh, someone who seemingly has no interest or no one he's beholden to, um, you know, be the uh, commander in chief. I don't know. That was a bit of a meandering tirade, but um, I didn't want to give you guys any opportunity <laughs> to cut me off. And, and Oh, man, by <laughs> putting us to sleep, you win. You... <laughs> You have known us for a very long time, Tom, over a decade. That's a that's a yeah. very good point. Um, no, and, and like honestly, like one of the things why I why why I wanted to take the time to respond to your to your email was you like uh, for one, and, and and I think I already told this to you, but I just want to like tell our audience is that like I looked up to you. I mean, like not like look up and that's that I'm like, Tom is like perfect, but like as a guy that like I respect and just as a friend who like I've loved since, you know, the early, uh, the, the like early uh, 2000s. So when you speak, I'll listen because I trust you. And you just brought up a couple points that I was like, okay, that's worth uh, considering because we have been very anti-Trump on our podcast here. And we have kind of made that explicitly clear and even though and like well like your email did how it like like how kind of helped me i guess in the sense was that i still in good conscience i don't know if i can vote for 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 him but i like really honestly can now uh, i can now understand why a person would and I don't know – and, like, we, we don't have to, like, argue about the specifics because I, I think people are kind of, like, tired of that stuff. But I, I, I wouldn't mind kind of, like, arguing, a lot, a lot, like, around the, you know, thirty to 100,000 uh, foot, like, level about it because I yeah. understand why. Why, why a guy like you who – I don't, like – I don't know if you have decided to, like, say I'm, I'm going to vote for him 100, like, you know, 100 percent. But because like b because I respect you, like I mean, I like really honestly do. And um, I just thought, well, if Tom is like behind this guy, what am I what am I missing here? And even though if I'm no, not, I'm sorry, you can go ahead. No, I was going to say I, 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 I you said you respect me. So I take back everything I said. Um, so <laughs> never mind. No, I'm just we're good. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. I, again, just all I'm speaking here is just uh, compliments and, and uh, stroking my ego. No, um, I don't think I, I, I would never say that like a, a Catholic or a Christian has to out of some sort of moral compulsion vote for him. But I guess my my questions are a little bit more broad. And like you said, sort of taking everything from a 30,000 foot view, like what are we doing here? You know, what are, what are we as Catholic citizens of the United States of America? What are we called to do? What is our what are our responsibilities in civic life? Um, 
is the civic uh, structure of things even compatible with a, a Catholic involvement um, or a Catholic Christian's involvement? Um, and I think there's a good argument to be made that the answer is 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 no. I mean that things have been so thrown off kilter that I mean, how, how do you uh, you know uh, how how do we as a nation have a structure or a framework set up where human dignity is respected from the moment of conception until natural death. I mean, we're so far off from, from everything. It's um, how do you even write that ship, you know, and I'm not advocating for some sort of anarchy or just sort of blow the whole thing up uh, to use that metaphor. Um, but one of the things that I do think, I mean, look, you know, the natural law, you know, um, was was sort of like the 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 way that the state could sort of work and operate within the sort of divine um, legal scheme of governance, as you know, contemplated by uh, Thomas Aquinas. Um, well, clearly, the whole notion of of the the law, you know, the laws of our country and of our nation, sort of relying on and using the natural law as a baseline, it just, I mean, flew out the window, arguably, you know, a hundred years ago. Um, and, and the jurisprudence that's developed ever since has just sort of mutated into what it is now. Um, so I take the position that as far as implementing, you know, um, the, the sort of like the, the, the divine sort of legal scheme of governance into sort of the, the world in our society that we live, it really is the, you know, it, it, it really comes down to, to charity and, and not so much justice. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's, it, you, it was the project of justice to see to it that the natural law was being followed, but everything is so perverted and, and askew. Well, the one thing that's undeniable and it's always going to be undeniable is, is true Christian charity. And, that kind of brings us back to things like the St. Vincent de Paul Society and, and other initiatives and institutions like that that exist independent of anything else. It's just that sort of pure, um, unfiltered charity and people actually, you know, living that out and, and in their communities, in their homes. Um, the, the only problem is there are, you know, First Amendment issues that are threatening the existence of those charities and there are other sort of forces that are coming down from, from, uh, you know, on high the federal government that are threatening institutions ability to carry out and live, you know, I mean, look at schools. I mean, how, you know, like Catholic schools, how, how much longer are Catholic schools going to be able to teach, you know, Catholic, the Catholic faith? that marriage is, you know, between one, one man and one woman, you know, for the procreation and education of children. I mean, that's going to be hate speech at the sort of um, trajectory of things currently. Um, so I, you know, in, in, in sizing up the election, having taken that 30,000 foot view, I mean, you have a candidate like Donald Trump who's saying he's pro-life and who's saying he wants to appoint justices to the Supreme Court that are exactly like Antonin Scalia, you know, I, I mean, and, and this is a guy who's never made a, you know, run for a political office before. So, I mean, he, it's not like he's trying to, you know, just sort of 
get somewhere. I mean, he is trying to get somewhere, but I mean, is there a legitimate right to sort of discredit that or, or disbelieve him on that? I mean, if there is, I'm, I'm open to hearing it. Well, but, okay. uh, for me, I mean, that, that, that's, yeah. that's where I'm coming from. And, um, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, I would take it at this number one. I don't, if someone called themselves pro-life, you would have to see it by their life. You can't just say that Donald Trump is pro, just because he says he's pro-life of literally all the people on the face of the earth, the two people I would believe the least about what they say about themselves is Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I mean, they are just notorious liars. But Trump, just a few months ago, said that he would, well, a few months ago, literally, he said um, that he would never ban abortions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Um, uh, He said that there should be punishment for women because he had no clue what the pro-life side actually was. Because a few months prior to that, he said that he's in favor of par- he's in favor of partial birth abortion, that he would keep it legal. And he said, listen, I, I hate abortion. I think it's ugly. I think it's awful. I cringe whenever people talk about it. But fundamentally, I believe in choice. You know, so he's like, yeah, it's horrible. You know, it's, it's the worst thing ever. But you should still do it and we should let you. Right. Um, that just because he said he's, the re- he's courting voters. And now he knows he has to court the voters who say, I'm a, I'm a single-issue voter. I'm, I'm a pro-life, anti-abortion voter. And if you don't appeal to me and make promises to me, then I, I, mean, I can't stand your, your womanizing. I can't stand the comments you make about you know, Mexicans and about Muslim immigrants and Syrian refugees. I hate all of that. But I'm willing to go with you which is what we've done with the GOP for decades. I'm willing to go with you on this last final issue. You know, everything else you've broken, but this last issue I'm going to stay with. And, you know, he said he wouldn't overturn Roe v. Wade. He wouldn't do that. He would say that an answer that I would kind of align with was it's up to the states to decide. Um, but he, uh, but he would never say on tonight's debate, especially that he wouldn't, that he wanted to ban abortion, at least up until the point that I was able to see. Um, and then when the women, when they asked about the women saying they were sexually assaulted, he said, oh, they just did it for 10 minutes of fame and money. And then he mocked them in a, uh, last week for being ugly and that he would never be, you know, like this is the part where Trump, where his actions go above and beyond normal human ignorance of other people, right? So literally in the same day, within hours of each other, his representative, I can't remember her name, was literally saying, you know, it is it is absolute. The worst thing you can do is shame a woman who comes forward on his campaign manager. The worst thing you can do is shame women who come forward. Right. And he's talking about uh, Paula Jones and all of those other women that he was going to bring out, you know, at the and try to sit next to Bill at the um, at the debates. And but he's on record as saying, oh, Paula Jones, she's a loser. And then literally like three hours later. He's bashing those very women, and he's saying, you know, making Kelly's like, we're dealing with a sexual predator. And he's like, uh, you look at that horrible woman, and you thought, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, yeah, right. Like, I'm going to go after you. He's being all sarcastic. And he's like, she wouldn't be my first choice, let me tell you. I think that was in reference to the woman on the plane. So the reason why I'm saying all this stuff is he's literally the thing that we attacked John Kerry with. He was the Democrat flip-flopper who had conservative views and there were liberal views and there were conservative views. Is what Donald Trump is doing, but literally it's by the hour. 
right? And, and it's about abortion, right? So he said, I am pro-choice. I've been pro-choice my whole life. LifeSite News, which is a super conservative you know, organization, they said, yeah, Donald Trump has probably paid for abortions personally in his life. You know, and like they're willing to – but they're still going to hook their uh, – last I know, they're still going to hook their trailer to the Trump train because of this one issue. And to me, when you talk about – when we talk about, you know, connected to a system that doesn't, that doesn't change anything, number one, there is – a second, there is a state within a state, absolutely, that runs America. That's the reason why, like, on foreign policy, Democrats and Republicans play at being different, but they do almost the exact same thing in foreign policy. They grandstand in different ways to appeal to their base, but that's not what they do almost the exact same thing. And secondly, Trump is Trump could have been awesome if he wasn't insane. He could have been amazing. This outsider who is largely, not entirely self-funded. In fact, he stopped being self-funded. And all the funding that he's doing is loaning himself the money, right? So he's his organization, whatever they raise, will pay him back for the money that he's given. So he's not entirely self-funded. He's about 70-something percent. But you think about all of this, right? Like, how could, how could anyone trust him? How can you trust him when the same guy says John McCain's not a war hero, right? Like... Like, these are the things that, that they, we should expand torture, even though that goes directly against the Army field manual. Like, all of these things, uh, I, I just, I'm shocked. when it The reason why I'm against Trump, even though I have people at work that yell and scream at me, I'm not against the Republican Party in the sense that I'm, I'm not going to vote Republican. I know the people who I'm voting locally in my election. The, the guy actually goes to the other church in our town, the other Catholic church. I know them. I've researched them. I know their views. I don't agree with all their views, but I'm going to make sure that they are, they're put in office. But Trump, I can't. I won't. I will never vote for Donald Trump because the very thing – and you know, and, and uh, I'm really going to piss you off now, but Afro Greg, Greg Iwinski himself, <laughs> uh, he, he, he ended up <laughs> producing a show right after we, we interviewed him. Where he goes through and documents a bunch of stuff. Because my criticism of him on that show was, come on, man. You, have, you can't just say, oh, they're all idiots. Like, come on, talk about specific things. And, uh, but one of the things that, um, that he says is, like, as youth ministers, day in and day out, we tell women, you are not to be used. You are not to be treated like crap. You have a dignity. You're a daughter of the king. You're a daughter of God. Like, you're a princess. We say all of those things, right? And then here is a guy that we are willing I mean, he literally said, I walk up and just grab their pussy. Like, and, and, and the first person who defends him, all is lost. Like, I love that Paul Ryan was like, nope, not defending him anymore. My whole job is to get more Republicans elected to the Senate and the House. I, I ain't worrying about Trump anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, okay. Well, a few things. I mean, you know, I'm not going to uh, get into that, you know, 11-year-old statement he made in private and um to someone you know that uh he was i don't know talking to, to about for whatever reason as, as a 59 um, year but, old man go on <laughs> well i mean you know like what did he say uh, exactly I, you you could grab no he says i walk up he, well one woman said that he did on a plane he grabbed her right in the no, but what he, what he, he, he said that, I mean, just, yeah, pull it, up. Talking, pull it up. Um, 
But, but I mean, as I pointed out in the email, like, so what do you think? Like, if he's elected president, then men are going to walk around without impunity, and, and, and women are just going to have to take it and deal with it? I mean, and furthermore, why are we exalting anyone, you know, as sort of role models for our children who are, you know, presidents of the United States? I mean, isn't the day of uh, George Washington and the cherry tree or Abe Lincoln, Honest Abe, and, you know, uh, walking through the snow to school and FDR and— uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Rough Rider, and all this sort of like happy horseshit of the president. Like, aren't those days gone? Why are we why are we putting anyone on pedestals for our children? I mean, why were people so let down about Tiger Woods exploits? As if, you know, like I you would hear people say, like, you know, I'm just, you know, my son, I don't know what I'm gonna tell him. How about you tell him this? Uh, you know what, son, I, I'm I'm not perfect, but I'm gonna do whatever I can to to provide for you and your mother and your brothers and your sisters. And I'm going to work hard to see to it that you have a life that's better than mine with the hope that maybe he looks up to the, you know, that kid looks up to his dad as a role model and not some guy that hit the ball around or not some guy that flies around on, jet, on, on uh, um, Air Force One. I mean, this whole sort of notion that, that we have to sort of uh, love these people or worship these people, I mean, I, I, I don't, no, I don't, but I that's don't a, buy it. I mean, and, and I don't understand why he's people— He's advocating a felony. Like he said, you just. He was advocating. Yeah, yeah. He says, let me pull it up. Da, da, da. And when you're a star, you can do anything, whatever you want. Grab him by the pussy. You can do anything. Oh, damn it. I just lost the other quote. Internet. Uh... You, you, okay. So, I mean, he's advocating. I mean, he's saying he's not. Well, he's no, he's saying that you just I mean, walk up to a woman. You don't even wait for them. Maybe. You don't even wait for them to say anything. You just go up and do it. Like, I just start kissing her. I don't even wait. I just start doing it. And then he says, um, oh, shit. Why do news websites have the worst ads ever? These are women like he's just running into in the middle of a shopping mall. Uh, these are women. Like, well, These are women that are at some, like, $5,000 plate event who are, are sort of gold digging. And that's sort of like the unfortunate social contract between very attractive women and very rich men that sort of evolved pretty much since the dawn of time. You know what I mean? Like I can't, for a felony, someone has to, they, 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 there must have been yeah, I mean, like, a woman, a like a woman, like a woman on an airplane kind of consent. who like walking into okay, a child. I heard, I, I saw, I saw somewhere that, that I saw somewhere that that was debunked because they didn't even have the armrest that could pull up or fold up at the time that the allegation was made. On right. And airplanes. he talks about, you know, and, and again, here's here's the here's the tragedy yeah. of the whole thing, Gomer, is like I, I'm like I'm finding myself. Right, I know I agree. I got gotcha. And I think what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is the whole thing is irrelevant. I mean, mm-hmm. what person has been in the White House that has had this sort of spotless moral character? You know, it's going all the way back to JFK. Yeah. I mean I mean LBJ right? was a huge you know, I, womanizer. So what, what, um, what, Ronald Reagan Yeah, he, he had a name for it. Was it the octagon? Doctor uh, Doctor Kenneth Noisewater. <laughs> it was the Joe Zags. Watch it go. Watch the spin. Drink, everyone. Just uh, trust me on this. So I guess my point is, you know, in in sort of trying, and I'm not doing this yeah. out of desperation. Believe me, I, I kind of have this sort of sort of mapped out in some way in my brain. But um, in, in trying to sort of tie in our, our whole overall discussion, it's, you know, 
what is going to what space will the church have left to occupy to carry out its mission if things continue the way that they are going i mean you you can't you can't tell me that you know with with hillary clinton in the white house i mean it's 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 anything other than almost certain death and and i know you know like look the gates of hell shall never prevail but as far as the world, you know, what we can do in the here and now and, and, and the world that we want to bring our children up in. I mean, you know, what's, what's the game plan? What are the viable alternatives here? You know, what do you foresee happening, you know, in both scenarios? I mean, why is, why are Catholics now all of a sudden, you know, behind a third party candidate when four years ago they wanted to vote a Mormon into the, you know, White House? And you talk about, you know, women's rights and, you know, polygamy. Yeah, but mainstream. It it seems. Yeah, but mainstream Mormonism is not polygamous. I mean, that's that hasn't been a part of mainstream Mormonism for a hundred years or so. Like, I don't think putting. okay, okay, well, that that, well, I'm private 11 years ago aren't part of his mainstream consciousness today. I mean, uh, you know, really, though, the things that he's kind of. And I, I mean, we don't have to argue because it's about discussion over instruction. But and Luke sending me text messages make, to make sure we don't argue. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But my whole no. thing is okay. So th- there is. I mean, like I despise LBJ. My point in the last episode was we don't look to the past to excuse current present behavior. Like if I were to say, yeah, well, LBJ was a womanizer and. Uh, JFK, uh, you know, was a playboy and all this stuff. Well, then, then that's totally fine for Trump to be like this. I'm not asking our politicians to be saints. I'm not. But I'm also asking, I am asking for our, and I think the American people are, we're expecting some sort of principles to guide them. And never in the, in, in, I mean, like Hillary, she has her principles. Most of them are about Hillary, right? About her seeking and attaining the highest political power in the land, despite the fact that she's 70 and Trump is 70 and all this stuff. But, um, I, you know, you're talking about all these Catholics suddenly talking about third party, where were you? I, I've been on the third party train for years because I believe the two-party system is fundamentally the thing that's ruining American democracy. We have, to, we have to engage in compromise. I mean, that's just a part of a democratic life, living in a pluralistic society. You have to compromise. But the problem is we are literally only allowed to compromise with one extreme or the other extreme. There are zero shades. So, for instance, if legislation is proposed by a Democrat, we know it's going to be super liberal. Devocation is uh, – we know it's going to be super conservative. It's a Republican. Yet if there were green and libertarian and other voices in there, you are forced to form coalitions. So individual legislation could be passed outside of all that. Now, I know you might be thinking, well, that's a moot point. We don't have one. But the, that is the insane – to me, that's the insanity. Every single time there's a fairly decent – I think there should be more than four parties, but whatever. Everything, every single time that there is a somewhat decent candidate who could right the wrongs of the Republican Party or right the wrongs of the Democrat Party, we just say, oh, they're spoilers or, oh, what are you going to do, waste your vote? For me, I, I mean, I'm not voting Republican for president, but I, I – and I view my vote as not GOP – as the best way I can punish the GOP for allowing Trumpism to occur. Like, I, I feel like the Republican Party, with him, in no way, shape, or form, reflects my views. So why would I vote for him? 
I, and, and outside of the scandalous statements that he makes, he doesn't reflect my views, so I'm not going to vote for him. But at the same time, because we only have two options, it's like, oh, so you're voting for Hillary. And it's like, well, damn, no, I'm not voting for Hillary, but I'm not, oh, yeah, well, you're just wasting your vote. A vote for anyone other than Trump is a vote for Hillary. And I think, to me, that is the attitude at the core of all of this. I mean, honestly, the attitude at the core of everything is sin. But that is really preventing major reform in America. Uh, almost every other Western nation has coalition governments where people from multiple parties have to find common ground and then solidify around that common ground in order to get things done. So you are ipso facto uniting people. It's a fight to unite, whereas ours is our, the tendency of American politics is to go to the extremes and then shame the moderates so that the moderates will pick, make a decision. And that, that's how the American process works. We're going to shame you until you choose either A or B. And once you choose A or B, and we'll, we'll try to make you as extreme as possible. And meanwhile, there's literally tens of millions of Americans in the middle who are like, I like a little bit over there and a little bit over there. And, you know, I, I despise the Republican Party on especially immigration reform. I don't think they're reforming everything. The, the constant refrain is, I, I think we should protect the border. Absolutely. I think we should have safe and legal immigration that's very inexpensive. I agree with the libertarian view, with, with specifically the platform of um, Johnson on immigration. Just issue these illegal people, uh, these undocumented workers, issue them documents. Give them green cards so that now they can start paying taxes and not feel like they're going to get ripped away from their families at a, at a, at a, at a, in a heartbeat. You know, let's try to do a path towards working and paying and not just you know, all these people afraid of amnesty and path to citizenship. You know, but the Republican Party, I mean, the, but nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. And so that's my, I mean, to boil it all down, and we, we have to end, but um, we have to end with my thing. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> my whole thing is. Welcome to my world, no, Tom. I, look, no, I, Gomer, I mean, I'm actually in agreement with you almost 95%. I, you know, I, I agree. I think the two party system is destroying our country, and it has been destroying our country. I guess it, it really comes down to a difference in perception between you and I. I perceive Trump as, you know, uh, existing in spite of the GOP's efforts, not because of it or because of what it allowed. I mean, I, I view the GOP and the Democratic Party as really just one and the same, as, as two sides of the same coin. And the efforts and the lengths that the GOP uh, members, prominent members of the GOP have gone in, in concert with the Democratic Party, as well as in cooperation with the media and everything else, all of these just these tremendous efforts to see to it that Donald Trump does not occupy the White House, it kind of signals to me that he represents a real threat to the very machine that has prevented the reform that you just described. So I think it comes down to just a difference in perception. If he would have run as a third party, I would agree with you. Okay, well, you know, you have to make it work somehow. And and as far as Trump's, you know, like his flip flopping and whatever, I mean, you, you know, you can you can fool people in politics, but you can't fool the market. And and if you or I or anyone else that we know was given you know a million dollars to build a business, we I would probably be out of that money by next Wednesday. Okay, um, you can't argue with the market. He's clearly a, a, he knows what he's doing. He's a brilliant man. He doesn't just fall ass first into money. I mean, you have to be smart and you have to, you know, you have to know what you're doing. And he, he's surrounded himself with brilliant people. I don't think he's going to be locked away in the Oval Office 
with, you know, his advisors knocking on the door every, you know, hour or two sort of saying like, you okay in there, buddy? Like the way I do when I'm potty training my three-year-old and he's trying to take a dump, <laughs> you know, like you doing all right in there? You know, I know you don't know what you're doing, but you know, I kind of did my best to show you like he's going <laughs> to surround himself with people who know what they're doing. Um, and look at the very least, it doesn't work out. And great. Cause that's no, that's, I mean, that's not going to be a shock to us anyway. It, it, it hasn't been working out. And I think the fracture that he has sort of caused within the GOP and in the sort of like domino effect that of all these sort of private, you know, like independent in, investigative, investigative news uh, organizations have done to expose activities within, within the Democratic Party, I think is a great step towards achieving, uh, you know, a, a three plus party sort of uh, um, approach here on out. I mean, in a way, it's kind of a win-win, even if he doesn't get elected, because I don't think the movement that he's sort of garnered by his candidacy will just sort of pack up and go home. I think, if anything, you know, the, the GOP is going to have a lot of sort of like, you know, reflection, self-reflection to think about, you know, what it is that they're all about. And I think people are sort of onto the GOP now, like, you know, that they've been hoodwinked, that they've been bullied into sort of like picking between, you know, uh, two steaming piles of, of, of cash it, you know, for the last 30, 40 years. Um, but as far as look real quick, as far as his, his remarks are concerned, I mean, I think that's just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know people who talk like that, but, um, I, I don't also, I don't, I, I don't consider it the, the mark of, of a sociopath either. I think he, he likes to, he's, he gets easily sort of offended and he gets very defensive. I mean, look at how he sort of carried himself during the debate rather than focusing on the issues. He's always worried about defending himself and his ego. And I'm sure it's just the way that he sort of had to figure out how to talk if he wanted to be successful in a cutthroat world of business. Um, so yeah, he, he says a lot of stupid shit. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic in terms of the, the sort of fracturing that's, that's, been, that's been taking place within the two-party system. And, you know, I hope that initiatives sort of grow out of this whole thing, that, that sort of we do start seeing a viable third party develop uh, after this. Because, I mean, like I said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. There is real quick. There is one quote that I, I, I wanted to read from uh, uh, an article in the Atlantic. It's uh, it says the press takes him literally, but not seriously. His supporters take him seriously, um, but not literally. And I, I thought that was sort of a keen insight on things as far as you know what's going on at his rallies versus what the media is relating on you know online or on TV or whatever. Um, but. Let me ask this real quick. You've now said I mean, real quick three times. <laughs> there are there are people. Yeah, sorry. You're fine. There there are there are people who are. I mean, there are Catholics who are saying that it's it's morally repugnant to vote for Trump. I mean, do you think there's any legitimacy to a position like that? And if so, like, could you try to shed some light on it? Because I certainly don't want to imperil imperil my soul on November eighth, and I don't think any of the listeners would want to either. Mm -hmm. um, so those are sort of, those, I mean, those are very grave sort of terms, and and I think they can't be thrown. Around. I don't think I don't think someone's going to go to hell or commit a mortal sin for voting for Trump uh, because you believe 
in terms of cooperating with formal evil. I mean, like, you're not a racist because you vote for Trump, who has made racist statements, right? So I, you know, obviously liberal media, liberal press, liberal um, comedians and, and all that stuff, they they present everything he says through the filter of their liberalism, right? So, of course, he, you know, and they, and they automatically, they just filter, like, for instance, late night comedians, they filter everything through Hillary as, oh, I'm boring and I'm fake. But everything through uh, of Trump is I'm the Antichrist, right? And so, um, well, I, I think Trump is a racist and a sexist and an extreme narcissist and a, an absolute liar. And I would never, I personally would never, ever, ever vote for him. I would never vote for him. You can say all you want that he's going to disrupt the system. He ha- is disrupting the system. But look at all the GOPers who have said, yes, I endorse the Republican Party candidate. It's overwhelmingly the majority. Some have backed off. Others have just said, I'm not going to defend him, but... You know, I'm still going to vote for my party's person, you know, whatever. Um, this is, to me, it uh, right, Except right, right. Paul well, Ryan. I mean, there's, there's others. Like here in Texas, there's uh, three or four who said, I, I'm not going to vote for him, but um, I'll vote. I'm going to vote Republican downstream, but not not with him. Um, but the guy that, that I was talking about, who I am going to vote for, he did endorse him. And he is he endorsed him as the Republican Party candidate, and that's it. And we shouldn't argue anymore, just like Bernie Sanders did for Hillary Clinton. The Sanders people boo Hillary Clinton because they despise her, right? And they think she's every she represents everything wrong with politics. The entrenched power elite who use their leverage, their political office for personal gain, and they seek power above all. And Bernie Sanders was supposed to disrupt that, and here he is throwing all of his weight behind Hillary. Um, and they went nuts. Well, the funny thing is a lot of them are voting, uh, some of the polls that I've seen, it's skewing that Johnson's actually spoiling Hillary more than he's spoiling Trump. And that, I don't think anyone, cause everyone always calls libertarians, right? Um, white Republican anarchists, right? It's like the Republican version of anarchy. Um, but you see this like shift of the left cause he's pro you know, legalization of marijuana and anti-war and all that stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I honestly, you know, you have that one speech from that one or the homily from that one priest saying, if you voted for Hillary, I wouldn't give you basically if you voted for that one party and that one candidate, I wouldn't give you Holy Communion in my line. Um, so he's literally saying he's literally saying and I've had that sent to me <laughs> probably now 15 times by people by by at work to work. Yeah. It's being circulated. It's being posted everywhere. And even though that ignores the Thomistic natural law language of remote versus proximate, um, you know, sin and evil and all this stuff, um, it, uh, my whole thing is we have so yoked ourselves to the Republican Party that we can't even see our way. We can't see our way past the bums. And Trump is very much uh, – I think he's just going to literally be the death knell of the Republican Party. I've talked too much. Luke? No, no, no. Just edit it out. Um so here's where I'm at uh, with everything. And I really thought a lot about this because I was so on the anti-Trump bandwagon for um, a really long, like, a, I mean, pretty much the entire time. And I'm and I'm and I'm still there, but I'm at a point right now where I'm just kind of ready to go. I'm done. We've all made our we've all made our uh, um, uh, decisions. Let's just like live with it and uh, move on with our lives. However, that's going to look however horrible. It's going to look either way. Um, I really honestly think uh, you have to vote your conscience. 
and I really and how and like you're an individual. I'm just, I'm just going to use you really quick because you're here that I think has um, a well-formed conscience. And if you think in good conscience, if you're able to say that, uh, <laughs> thank you. Sorry, I just got a mean text from my co-host. Uh, like what kind of ambush bullshit is this? <laughs> Welcome to Catching Foxes. This is yeah. what we do to try to like to try to throw each other off. Like vote. I'm like honestly, vote your conscience. You, you know, yeah. I, well, I, also you info, inform it too, and yeah, and if, yeah. You know, exactly. like Gomer said something like LifeSite News said Donald Trump probably funded you know women's abortions. It's like probably. Well, did he or didn't he? And if he didn't. No, well, the specific thing that that reference was on a debate when he was – or in a conversation when he was asked about it, he walked right up to admitting it and then kind of scaled back. And so they're saying – they're endorsing Donald Trump. It was an article endorsing him, and it's like – basically it was a hold-your-nose endorsement because at least Hillary – Hillary's an activist for Planned Parenthood, and he he just doesn't give a crap about Planned Parenthood. But but that was the whole comment was he's like – yeah, you can tell that he all but admitted it, you know. So these weren't people trying to find fault with Here, him like I am. Here's here's what I will say. So Hillary just came out uh, tonight. We are recording this at the t- – I mean it's a little bit after the uh, debates obviously. But she came out and I believe in pretty much full, uh, full uh, support of partial birth abortion, which to me is uh, – equi- I mean – I think that, uh, yeah, it's murder. Like, it's no different than the Holocaust, which I think abortion pretty much is in any ways. But this is like, come on, everyone. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, that's what, I mean, the baby can live if you have it outside of the, it's just absurd. Uh, like, it's murder. Um, and I, I don't understand that. I, I, and um, what I have a problem with, Honestly, like probably like what like to quote Peter uh, Peter Griffin. What really grinds my gears is when there's an evangelical spin, as in um, he's the Christian candidate. This is what this is what God this is what God wants, and like yeah, let's I, simmer down with that. Yeah, yeah, like I'm just like, uh, and have you seen that? I oh what? yeah, absolutely. What? I'm getting. You know, did you get the he's he's Cyrus King Cyrus? I heard I got one that he's uh, Samson. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I mean, as a guy who has to be real into um, the Protestant world, why people over at Liberty, a university, think it's okay to get behind this guy blows my mind. Um, so I mean, it's just really, it's, it's like really honestly, like vote your conscience, and if you think, like I, uh, and again, there are there are people that. I know who I respect who think, hey, look, he's our best option right now for for where we are. I really don't know if I agree with that, but I understand where those people are coming from kind of maybe. I don't know. I could just be tired of of the whole thing as well. I want to throw out a quote. Sorry. Well, I'm Uh, going to throw out a quote from uh, uh, a Jewish author, Noah Millman who writes for the American conservative. And he wrote, um, <clears throat> similarly, the biblical understanding of the relationship between the Israelite monarchs and their people is not merely that it's a bad idea to allow a bad man to become king 
Rather, God allows bad kings precisely to punish the people for their transgressions. I like that line. Yeah. And, I mean, he also allows good kings, right? Nope. Nope, just the bad. <laughs> no, just bad ones. <laughs> well, no, no, there is something to be said for that. There was, I mean, I'm, I'm not as uh, well-read in terms of, you know, biblical scholarship as, as maybe you guys are, but, you know, the... Um, the fact that the Israelites demanded a king um, was, was the a, first failure. I mean, yeah. was a big sort of uh, right. I mean, what, that's and that's my problem here is we as a people, just as humans, we sort of demand a king. You know, the the Leviathan, if you will. Like we want there to be something that puts us all in awe. You know, like and and that is the. Um, I mean, I don't think that's compatible with an authentic yeah. Christianity, um, and and that's that. I mean, that's a whole other five and a half hour long discussion. But um, <laughs> I guess that, I guess that's my whole point yeah. of regress there. Um, but real, my, my talking points are going to be Supreme Court. What sentence did he say? And you know, um, really. He, he, like many other billionaires, you know, but he's the only one who's ever run for president. So what does he really stand to gain by this whole thing? Um, if I could sort of condense it down to those things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think if if anything, one of the things that this election has convinced me of is as a culture, one of the biggest dangers. I mean, OK, there's a oh, sorry. There's a whole hell of a lot of things that are like up right right now like majorly majorly up one of the minor things that i think is really important that's going to hurt us is that there's no room for any type of like nuance well yeah and, absolutely and it, it just it really just makes me sad that every um like even as anti-trump as as i might be that I just feel there's just no room for d- discussion anywhere. Like, and this is kind of what like we went into a little bit with like my with like my like email uh, to you with like half the stuff that we that at least like I talk about on here is me just really processing everything and trying to speak to what I see on and because most of the people that I encounter on um, on like on Facebook, which is where I spend the majority of my time on the on the internet, it's all like pro Trump. And there's just no room for like, I I guess I just kind of wish people would just like, so not, I, I don't know, just I wish like some would say, instead of being like, he's our guy behind him all the way being like, well, it's better than like, you know, the Holocaust happening. Yeah, you know, right. or, I mean, you know or, or just like some kind of like, I, I don't know. This, so I mean, this 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 was the home for nuance tonight, Luke. If 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 I may say so myself, and and I agree. Like people who just make blanket statements, like Trump supporters are all mouth breathing idiots that don't deserve to live. I mean, I just don't understand that. How can you really? How can you arrive at at that position? If and if it is such a self evident position to take, then why is it lost on so many? Uh, seemingly quasi-intelligent people like I portend to be. But um, no, I, I whatever, man. I, I'm, I'm piecing out of Twitter on November 8th. I am done with that <laughs> bitch on November the 8th. 
and then I'm Sayonara, and I and I sort of incited the ire of Catholic Twitter, I think, for one very hot minute. Dude, yeah, what um, happened there? I saw it. I, I, I mean, like, I'm just, just calling. I mean, just calling it calling out people on their bullshit the way that I called you you guys out on your bullshit. <laughs> oh, with a um, with one no, single but, you know, like, no, yeah, no paragraph break. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Yeah, man. Go on, no, um, just 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 asking questions, and and I, it's like you can't ask a question without and you know calling down the wrath of God. Yeah. Um, and why are we afraid of questions? And furthermore, why are, why are we afraid of the answers to those questions? And, and that I think is sort of breeds this sort of like tribal online social network sort of like behavior that I think is antithetical to any um, genuine, not, you know, human discourse. Um, so, you know, but November 8th, I'm, I'm done. And, I, and I'm going to go back to raising my kids. Um, <laughs> well, back hope to November 8th, nothing matters. Chickens. And chickens. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope you still listen to our podcast, though, because I would really hate to lose you as as a as um, a listener right as we started getting into more sponsorship money. That would just be horrible. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Hey, no, you guys will always have my support. Believe me, <laughs> Gotta I go. love you guys. I, I no. really do. I, I I would be remiss, real quick. I have to ask, and I know I'm saying real quick a lot, but who? You don't have to tell me who Angry Catholic is, but do I know him? No. 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 Okay. He's All a right. friend. He's a really good oh. friend of mine. Yeah, Friend, local boy. Local boy. No, he's friends with all interesting guys. What's that? <laughs> um, he um, he is buddies with all all of the Houston guys. I think. Hey, knows. I'm yeah. assuming. Okay. So. All right. Well. Shout out to Angry Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. Did you guys argue with each other? Uh, he shot me like a quick thing on Twitter and. Um, you know, I, I figure if if he's angry Catholic, I gotta be really sort of worried about it. So I, I guess <laughs> that's why I'm asking. <laughs> he says a lot of funny shit, but he also seems very angry. So I like, you know, that's, that's what he's going for. That's what he's going for. That is literally what he's going for. <laughs> yeah, he's actually. Mission I'm really excited. I really <laughs> mission accomplished, Bush. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but I just wanted to end kind of where we began and talking about this notion of community and. And where are we going as a church, as a people, you know, all this stuff. That, that same author said, um, he, he wrote an anti-Trump piece, but he said, uh, the, to see the ascension of a demagogue like Trump, not merely due to our failure to take him seriously or to condemn him vigorously, it's, it's, but it's a failure of our fellow citizens together. It's a failure to see those civic bonds as more important than the victory for the side we see as right that has above all made Trump's rise, impo- uh, Trump's rise possible. And then he goes on to talk about how all these Republican leaders in the primaries condemned him, and he was denounced all the time. So his, his, lead, his supporters are like, oh, well, then hell yeah, he's doing something right. But the, the point being uh, is that that notion of community, I think in a world where we, where we have real community, it means that we hold each other accountable. Right. And what we do, that integrity matters, but integrity doesn't matter in U.S. politics at all anymore. What matters is demagoguery. What matters? I mean, Tim Kaine with his overly rehearsed one liners thrown at Trump um, and all that stuff like this is this is what our democracy has become. It's become a soundbite on a 24 hour news channel that doesn't really even piss us off enough to to do something that would actually change it, you know, like a third party or like whatever else. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But here's here's what I here's here's what I'm here's what I'm saying though. 
it's been like this for decades. It's just the Trump campaign has ripped the mask off of it. So I don't know why everyone is all of a sudden like shocked by what they're seeing. This is this is the way it's been, just dressed up a lot nicer and a lot neater for the last, you know, five or ten presidential yeah. elections. Well, I mean, I you know, Ron you know Paul I mean? was so, close to doing that, but Ron Paul didn't have the money. He had individual donors donating small amounts, and he had, I mean, just millions of people donating small amounts rather than, you know, a handful of big donors. And um, that was one of the big things because, you know, he had so many people, so many delegates in Iowa that were lined up to him. And and then all of a sudden he loses Iowa in, you know, in a big way. He comes in third place. And then the media just kind of stops mentioning him and doesn't take him because he's such a libertarian, you know. They don't take him seriously as a candidate. And you watch this stuff yeah. unfold. Now, I was a hardcore Ron Paul fan. Doesn't mean I agree with everything that he no. says, right? You, yeah. And you, so when I, I watched all of this stuff, and I had a friend in the election process who was like, "I'm literally watching them throw Ron Paul votes on the floor as they're counting in the primaries." He's like, "I'm literally watching them do it." You know, and he was there for yeah. a different candidate, and another buddy of his called. And he's like, "Yeah, it's insane. Like there was an organized campaign to shut him down." Now, if he was a billionaire, we would have had a decent human being who has principles. Who's a decent human being? Who is? Who could have? You know. And you become a billionaire and and still be a, a decent human being is is the question. Is the well, you know, Ron, question. <laughs> <laughs> the billionaire question is a million dollar question. Well, Ron Paul's whole thing was: once I become president, I'm going to lower the salary of the president to the median household income of the United States of America. So it's like thirty nine thousand. I think they should up the salary. You know, like professional athletes, like they make a lot of money for a reason. You know what I mean? Like let's let's incentivize the presidency. Let's get the smartest in there, the best in there. Bill Clinton received fifty fifty million dollars in like two years after he was president. I think they've incentivized the presidency yeah. enough. In direct contrast well, to Carter, you know, President Carter who just gives it all away. So I will it's one thirty. Love you guys. I go to bed. Tom, this was awesome. Thank you very, yeah, very much no, for thanks. I like, hope, thank I hope you. the listeners really hung in there through our uh, sort of minutia in the beginning for the the screaming mesh. <laughs> this is a two-part episode, I bet. Oh, okay. All right. That'll be released on like... Friday and Monday? <laughs> no, okay. like Afro Greg, right? <laughs> we'll just space it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me at Lay Evangelist. You can find Luke at the Luke the. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Catching Foxes Podcast. And you can't find Tom, so don't even try. Yeah, don't, please. Yeah. All right, thanks, uh, guys. <laughs> thank you very much, Tom. Hey, it was, a, it, it was good was talking great. to you for the first time since college. Miss you. <laughs> I No, Gomer, I called you like a year and a half ago to get your you know feedback on sort of pre-Cana marriage prep stuff. Oh, yeah. And I could, I could literally hear you surfing the internet looking at like the newest Apple product because you were so checked out. No, I was not, days. young man. No, I was not. Well, I remember that now that we brought that up. And I was looking at the marriage course stuff that we teach here. That we teach because Tom, I was fully engaged during the time when uh, when uh, you and I talked, wasn't I? Yes, you were very much so. You, 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 you're, a, you're, you're, you're a generous lover. Thank you. That's what we should call oh, anyway, the sex. Yeah, what should what what title should we have? I will suck nothing, Luke. That's the title of my autobiography. What else? Uh, I don't all right. know. Uh, all right. 
thanks a lot, buddy. I know it's probably r really late um, wherever you are. So, no, I appreciate it. Thank you guys, and uh, see you at the next reunion. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> no one was last last time. <laughs> nah, yeah, pro probably won't. <laughs> All right, I'll see you, buddy. All right, thanks. Bye. Kiss, kiss. <laughs>